This uh, next band asked me not to read this, but God damn it, I'm going to read it anyway because I wrote it and it's the truth. I fucking love this band. They are the best band ever, period. Ladies and gentlemen, Tenacious D. What's up? Me and KG wrote this song five minutes ago. It's called Master Exploder. Welcome to Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. And I'm John. And today... We're talking about the greatest band ever in the world. In the world. Tenacious D. <laughs> Tenacious but, D. But more importantly, we're actually talking about Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Yes. Which is the movie. Yes, we're talking about the movie Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Uh, which uh, the script was written by Jack Black himself and... Uh, because of the box office issues, he said that he would never again write another script. <laughs> it destroyed his confidence. He thought it was a bomb. He even mentions it on his next album, which is the... Uh, Rise of the Phoenix. Rise of the Phoenix, and it's one of the best <clears throat> charted albums that they've put out out of the three, three albums that they've put out. Uh, the movie had a budget of... $20 million, it grossed 13.9 on the box office, but it sold 9.9 .9 million in DVD sales. So it, it's popular amongst Tenacious D fans, it seems like. Um, so we're not quite sure why there's so much hate about this movie because... Uh, it's really good. I mean, uh, even uh, Liam Lynch, the director, uh, before he directed this movie, he only directed Tenacious D's music video in a Sarah, Sarah Silverman docu documentary, uh, which is kind of weird that he gets, you know, um, a budget of uh, $20 million for a movie. It's the first time really directing a movie. Did he uh, work with them on the HBO series? I'm not sure about the HBO series, but I know he directs all their music videos. Yeah, okay. Because I know uh, he, I knew he was like he'd worked with them before on stuff. Yeah. Because originally, Pick of Destiny was supposed to be uh, HBO wanted to bring them back. Yeah. To do another ten or twelve episodes, I forget. Like the show of Tenacious D, but um, Kyle and uh, Jack wanted to make sure that they kept exclusive rights. To Tenacious D. Right. And HBO wasn't going to allow that. Oh, okay. So that's why the movie happened instead of the TV show. Okay, so they just basically took all that writing and poured it into the movie instead. Yeah, yeah. so. Okay, that makes sense. Because I, I didn't I didn't realize that they were gonna that they were trying to get them back on HBO for another show. That's interesting. Yeah, HBO actually wanted them to come back so they could film another 10 or 12 episodes of uh, Tenacious D. So... Uh, I know people would have liked that, but they wanted to also 
have partial rights to it because it's HBO and they don't do anything without some ownership. Yeah, with, without some ownership, and uh, they were allowed they were allowed to make a movie with them having exclusive rights to Tenacious D, which they are Tenacious D. Yeah, Dave Grohl's been a, a drummer on every one of their albums, uh, so basically he's a member of Tenacious D. Essentially. Well, Dave Grohl or Satan? Because <laughs> he actually is both. Same thing. Yeah, basically. Same thing. That's, uh, uh, and I was, I was, I was watching, uh, when I was kind of like going through some Tenacious D, like, interviews, uh, somebody in a, in an interview asked Jack, like, you know, would you ever make a serious band out of Tenacious D? And he was like, never. Because he was like, there's no way anybody would take us seriously. He's like, even if we were doing, like, a, um, uh, serious song he was like when we have songs that sound serious he's like we we can't keep it serious because we're we're trying to make it funny intentionally and he was like it would just be really weird if we were like a legit band instead of a comedy band you know (laughs) yeah and it's also actually kind of interesting did you know kyle gas had his own band where he's the vocalist the kyle gas project no, not no. the Kyle Gas Project. It's called Trainwreck. Oh, really? He's wearing the T-shirt. Oh, for right. The band. It's in the, yeah, because it's actually in the. And when movie. he goes in the music store, yeah, uh, to meet with Ben Stiller, he has it on there. He's the lead man of that band. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. It's kind of like uh, the art imitating life a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of, lot of advertisement, a lot of advertisements in this movie. Right. Yeah. Um, except for the uh, wake and bake pizza, because they yeah. I, I guess Pizza Hut or nobody like that wanted to be attached. No, to no, they're like no. It's mainly because Jack Black and Kyle Gass are such big advocates of uh, legalizing marijuana right. because they are huge stoners. Right. Uh, in <laughs> real you life, tell by watching this movie. Yeah, they yeah. really do smoke weed all day. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote Snoop Dogg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or no, that was Nate Dog that did that, right? One of the dogs. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Snoop has taken that now. They're both great. Yeah. Smoke Snoop. weed every day. No. Snoop's <laughs> like, that's mine now. Right, yeah. I'm taking okay. that. That's okay. my mantra. No, Snoop Lion, not dog. He's not a dog anymore. He's a lion. He, he's getting ridiculous with that. <laughs> kind of like how P. Diddy's like changing his name. He's not P. Like, Diddy anymore. I know. He's changed it again. <laughs> P. Diddy to like Puff Daddy to, I don't know what else. I don't keep up with any of that. But one thing that we will always know in music is that Rage Cage and Jables will always be Tenacious D. Yep. And so going through the hate on this movie and man, oh man, going through the hate comments on this movie was an adventure in of itself. I actually bust out from laughter on one of these. I don't remember exactly. It might actually be the one that I put first because this one made me laugh so hard i was eating a sandwich when i was reading this and almost part of the sandwich came back out of my mouth because i was like there's no way that somebody is this hateful on the internet we have a tendency of finding the most hateful shit that people put on the internet how do you hate jack black well yeah we're gonna get into that because uh, apparently there's uh, quite a few people that do but this first one uh uh, this is from uh, John forty three twenty three from the United Kingdom. So we have another English person. Yeah, English people are <laughs> brutal. And so this is uh, their taste is so good. They're such good cooks. Right. They have great dental work. I'm just kidding, guys. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Uh, this is uh, from November 30th, 2008. So the Tenacious D movie came out in 2006, right? Yes. And so this is a, a couple of years after that. A little late uh, to the party, but welcome, welcome. Yeah. So uh, so John 43:23 on here says... Sounds like a Bible verse. <laughs> right, yeah. John 43:23. The Tenacious D movie sucks. No. Uh, it says, uh, um, worst film in years. Made me wish I had bad AIDS. Jack Black is a complete... Opposed to good AIDS? Right. Jack Black is a complete ball bag. And the tagline of this says, Awful. I hope Jack Black gets AIDS. That is what it says verbatim. He, okay, so which AIDS? The good AIDS or the bad AIDS? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. There's really no version of that that's good. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, I, <laughs> this guy's already off the rock. This is that's why I put this one. This was I think almost the last one that I found, and I put it first because I was like, this really jump starts the hate like automatically. Yeah, he hopes Jack Black gets AIDS. Yeah, for this movie, it's this movie is a movie about a couple of losers that are stoners that are trying to become famous in a band where they play heavy versions of acoustic guitars. It's not that bad. It's funny. I mean, it's got some good people in it. Tim Robbins is in it. Ben Stiller's in this movie. Yeah, Ben Stiller's in this movie, and Tim Robbins is actually a big inspiration for Tenacious D to even be a band, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, look it up. Uh, Tim Robbins was a big inspiration because they jammed out with him whenever they first met him. Huh. And uh, that kind of made him want it to be a band. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Tim Robbins is a cool dude. That's why he had to be in the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because I didn't that, know why he was in the movie. I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, what's Tim Robbins doing? He doesn't need to yeah. be in this movie. But isn't but, it kind of funny, like, his character in that movie? It's like Ozzy like, Osbourne. Well, no. He, <laughs> I thought so. Aside from That's that, I guess I because of the, maybe because of the accent. But to me, he looks like The Undertaker. He does look like he the looks Undertaker, like the Undertaker yeah. in that movie. He looks like the, the long hair. he looks like the Undertaker acting like Ozzy Osbourne, right? Yeah, but he does such a good job in that movie as like the guy who went to the Rock and Roll History Museum and then like his leg got all messed up because he tried to break in. Give me the pick. No, I was come over here so I can stab, stab you. you. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, dude, we can totally outrun him. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so continuing along, it says, uh, you know, "It says Jack Black is a complete ball bag." I hate anyone that thinks this film is worth anything above a two-star rating. He hates everyone. See, yeah. this is what we're talking about. I hate Jack Black. He is a fat idiot who has done some terrible films in the past. Be kind. Rewind was a disgrace. School of Rock is awful. I hate him. Wait, well, filmmakers, wait, please hold stop on. giving him roles. Hold on. School of Rock? He put School of Rock on here. Be Crying Rewind was pretty cool. I like that movie. School of Rock. School of Rock is like one of his best ones. No mention of King Kong, though. People just like forget that he's in that movie. Jack Black is awesome in King then Kong. Then that King Kong? Still my favorite. I watched Skull Island. I like that one, too. King Peter Jackson's King Kong? I like more. Um... Peter School Jackson's of Rock. Yeah, Peter Jackson's the man. School of Rock surprises me because that's that's Mike White. I mean, <laughs> he's like a comedy god, right? Right. Mike White. I mean, but see, that was around the same period of time because all these movies kind of came out around the same time. It was like Nacho Libre, 
School of Rock, this Nacho. movie. I love Nacho Libre, uh, too. But even, like, Napoleon Dynamite came out, like, almost the exact same time as all this stuff. That was the style of comedy that was going was on in like this era. It was, lovable loser comedy. Yeah. I mean, that that was what the thing with Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt? Yeah, you know, exactly. You, you Joe got, Dirt's a classic. <laughs> yeah, you got things like that that's coming all, out around... Not not the tenacious D time, but what this guy's talking about that he hates about yeah. Jack Black. Because this is around you know two thousand eight, so when they did the comment, but you know the like Nacho Libre and all these movies were yeah he's referencing those type of movies, which are all great movies actually. But I cannot believe you mentioned School of Rock though. That just yeah. blows my mind. That one's actually like one of Jack Black's best ones. Yeah. But then, Joan um, Cusack is in that movie. <laughs> it can't suck. That's like impossible. So then, like at the end of it, he puts, uh, "I hope I have made my point," and then he puts, "I hate Jack Black" three times. Yeah, you made your point. You are miserable. Yeah, you are miserable. Get out of your mom's basement. <laughs> do something with your life. Um, but th- that's the thing that kind of gets me about you know these comments sometimes when I see them, is I was like, somebody actually took the time to sit down and was like, "I'm gonna write a review on IMDb." And I'm going to do a review for this dumbass movie. They didn't even say uh, anything specifically that they didn't like about the movie. They just said that they hated it. And I'm assuming it's because they hate Jack Black, obviously. I'm going to be so famous for hating Jack Black. Well, you're right. Yeah, no, you're some dude from the UK that decided that he was going to post hate comments about Tenacious D on the internet. Keep like, forgetting he's English. Yeah, this is the dude from the UK. He's from the area whenever they go to live concerts. They're like, D, D. D, D, D. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, and like that starts it all off. So then we, the next one that I found, they actually did kind of like a, uh, almost like, I mean, you can see I'm still scrolling here. I see it. Look at the, I mean, that one is almost like like a a, book. It's like a rundown of the movie, right? So we're going to take a little bit of an adventure here. I love these. Uh, And this, uh, this person is a Mickey Micklon. From the United States, right? So this is Mickey. Oh, Mickey, you're so funny. <laughs> I'm not going to do this song because I can't sing right now. Or ever. Or I was but, about to say or um, ever. I can't sing ever. But uh, why is it every time I hear Mickey, I either think of Mickey Mouse or that fucking song by Tony Basil? It, it always makes me think of the Pitch Perfect movie. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Well, probably because you, you've watched it like five million times. Yeah, my son was addicted. Yeah, yeah, he was addicted to that movie. But anyway, but I mean, if it's got Anna Kendrick in it, why not, yeah, right? Yeah, why not? Um, so in the tagline, it says, for a nobody except Tenacious D fans. And then it has a two out of ten rating, so he actually gave it two stars, which, okay. Um, and then it, that says, means, eh. and it says, this may, may contain spoilers. Well, thanks for giving me a heads up, so that's good. What year was this posted? Uh, This is August 7th, 2008. Okay. So this is the same year as the previous comment from the guy who hates Jack Black enough that he has to write it like five times. I hate Jack Black. I hate (laughs) Jack Jack Black. Black. That's exactly how it's written, too. (laughs) It sounds like an episode of The Simpsons where Bart's writing things on the chalkboard. When he got in trouble and he's writing (laughs) it on the blackboard. Yeah, I I hate hate Jack Jack Black. Black. I I hate hate Jack Black. But it says JB, or Jables, as we will know him, uh, yeah. Runs away from home yeah, after right. being spanked by his father, who is played by Meatloaf. Also, heads up to Meatloaf in this movie. That's fucking awesome that his dad's Meatloaf. <laughs> That's an awesome scene. Yeah. 
because it very much reminds you of like you know him in like Rocky Horror, but yeah. on this one he's actually like this like Bible thumping like over religious dad that doesn't want his son. Which is like reverse Meatloaf. Right? Yeah, because Meatloaf's like totally the opposite. Of that. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, but it says, um, uh, years later, he finally makes it to Hollywood, the right Hollywood, because he spends forever looking for Hollywood. Which is retarded. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't but know, Jables in this movie is pretty retarded. <laughs> How did you know which Hollywood? Like, the first Hollywood you go to is Florida? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, who the hell goes to Hollywood, Florida first? Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, then he comes across the greatest guitar player he has ever heard, which is Rage Cage, Kyle Gass. Kyle Gass. So he's playing uh, classical Bach, which is pretty cool. Which and, is uh, something that they do in one of their uh, skit segments on their first CD. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says, after a little squabble, the two decide to join forces and perform at an open mic night, which, uh, which appears at a less than popular bar. To their shock, they don't do that good. Uh, well, they to- sing the history of Tenacious D, and that's pretty good song yeah that one's actually pretty good like uh, just like in the context of the movie and who know, are those people in the bar that's just kind of like eh, that's okay they're they're actually rocking out like right. <laughs> when you're watching it like just as a movie you're like this is a good song and the bar people are like yeah i've heard better right <laughs> and before then they had uh um i forgot to write down his name but it's actually a guy that opens for tenacious d sometimes the dude that's like and that's my life it's George something, but yeah, uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so it says, uh, continuing on, it says, back at their less than spectacular apartment, the two are trying to figure out what the legends of rock have that they don't. Now, one thing when they're doing this, before they do this, I thought it was funny because they were like, you know, we're, we're going to have to write a masterpiece. So fucking, so Jack takes a ketchup bottle and makes a ketchup pentagram on the floor with like candles. Brilliant. And then they have the tape recorder in the middle. And then he was like, we got to get in here. We got, we got to get going, man. And then, uh, he's like, we got to, we got to start fast, you know? And then like, you know, Cage starts playing and he's like doing a riff and he was like, no, no. He's like, you're judging yourself. You're judging yourself. More you know? te- Yeah. More tempo. More <laughs> yeah. tempo. Yeah. And then like, uh, God damn it, man. God damn it, Cage. You know, he gets all mad. And he gives up in like two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, and, uh, and you know, then he's like frustrated because he was like, "God, what do they have that we don't have?" You know, it was like they all use the same pick. Yeah, and then they started realizing, like, "Oh my God!" Like they do all use the same pick. Yeah, it was like Eddie Van Halen. It was like Angus Young from ACDC. It was yeah, like I think everybody. Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix and yeah, yeah, all these yeah. guys. Yeah, um, and it says uh, when while trying to look for a similar pick. Uh, an employee of the music shop played by Ben Stiller, who is awesome in this movie. Who points the way to the doorway with devil horns, which is rock as shit. Right. And then I like when he gets him in the closet and uh, he's, he just has like the lighter and he was in like case he's him, like, oh, there's a light switch up there's there. A, yeah, there's a light switch right <laughs> no, here. No, just... Uh, uh, <laughs> he just totally... Cage just totally ruined the moment. You know? He was trying to be all mystical and uh, dark and yeah. stuff. And like, he, like he uncovered like the world's greatest secret, you know? Yeah, KG's like, oh, there's a light switch. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, then eventually they sit down. And he's like, uh, he like he like learned Italian and Latin. And so he's like, he why didn't you get a translator? And he's like, so he can read it too. Yeah, <laughs> like Stiller is awesome in this movie as the guitar center guy because he should have been more of the movie. 
That would have been awesome to see, like, if they would have had to gone back to him later. Like, yeah. dude, we got the fucking pick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that dude would have, like, his head would have exploded if he would have actually seen that pick. Yeah, it would have. <coughs> Uh, uh, so, um, let's see, uh, so they go through the whole story of the pick of destiny with him in the closet, uh, says, uh, um, the, uh, employee, uh, from Guitar Center tells them, uh, that the pick, which was made from Satan's tooth, is in the, uh, is in the Rock and Roll History Museum. Uh, now the two pot-smoking losers with delusions of grandeur goes on a music-filled adventure to steal the pick. So that's like his kind of like rundown of the basic plot of the movie, essentially. Right. And uh, and for one, this this movie is actually not very long. It's like just under like an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, it's a good length for a comedy movie, I think. I mean, that's about as much as it needs to be because if you had too many stuff in this, too much stuff in this movie, I think it would start to get to the point where you're like, it's stretching it a bit. Too I don't much, think Feller, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was any longer than this. I think it's probably around the same time. Yeah, but Ferris Bueller seems like it's longer because uh, I don't know, just because of the weight. Well, it's, that it's written maybe. Well, it's because of a lot of Matthew Broderick talking scenes. He's mainly talking. It's like these monologues. guys are actually doing something and progressing the story. And right. I mean, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is amazing. You know, John Hughes was great. A lot of people actually don't know John Hughes didn't direct Pretty in Pink. They always associate that with John Hughes. He wrote it, didn't direct it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, that's way off topic. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, we went a little adventure there to John Hughes land, didn't we? Well, when I mention things, I have to I have to explain it. He has to get yeah. it out of his brain or it'll stay yeah. there until he talks about it. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, then it goes on to, uh, he goes on to start critiquing. And it says, uh, let me say this up front. If you're not a fan of Tenacious D, which gave us the comedy actor Jack Black, then you should skip this one. I am not a fan of these two, and I only watched it because it was suggested by Flickster.com. <laughs> he only watched it because it was suggested by Flickster.com. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I think if I seen a movie that was called Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny, I'd be like, okay, I know Tenacious D. I want to see this. Or, what the fuck is this? Right. Either way, I think that research is, you know, allowed before you watch a movie, right? Did you say this was 2008? This is 2008, August Yeah, internet existed. I mean, you yeah. could have just Googled it and been like, oh, it's a band. I don't know anything about them. Yeah, I'm not I'll, just going to skip it. I'll just skip one. it or let me, let me listen to a couple songs on their album. Not my thing. Yeah. I'll okay, skip I'll it or, skip oh, yeah, I kind of like this. Let me see what this movie's about. Yeah. Either way. blind. Don't watch a movie that doesn't have any interest of you and then completely bash it. This is a problem that we constantly have with movies or people that criticize movies. is It's movies that doesn't pique your interest at all, but you watch it just to hate it. Right. If it doesn't pique your interest, don't watch it. What kind of a masochist sits down and is like, I'm going to watch this movie I know nothing about and then afterwards, I'm going to hate this so much, I'm going to write about it on IMDb. Yeah, why would you sit down and watch a movie that you don't like? I mean, usually, and, and a lot of times, I don't even hate stuff that, that doesn't really appeal to me either. I'll be like, okay, this, I'm not really having fun with this. Uh, but I'm not like, oh, I hate this movie. I'm just kind of like, that wasn't my thing. But it's apparently somebody else's thing. Yeah. You know, I mean... Because if we all liked the same thing, it would be kind of boring, right? We're all snowflakes. We all yeah. like different things. Humanity uh, 
Remember, the government calls us consumers at this point, and we're we're supposed to be citizens. So don't don't be don't be a consumer. Be a citizen. Right. Basically, what I'm saying is, don't be a tool. Yeah. Uh, don't don't sit there and just criticize things. You're basically ruining things for other people that might have different interests, but um, they look on things and they see that the things are one star, or two star, and they're like, "Well, I'm not gonna waste my time with this movie." And they might actually love the movie, and that's. Yeah, that, that's, that's partly what you know. A lot of these hate comments are just from like movie to movie. There's a trend of like people that give it like one star, and then you go to somebody who gives it like a nine or a ten star, and they're like, "Don't let those one star assholes like sway you off this movie. This movie's awesome." And so, yeah. and that's the thing is like that's what happens a lot of times in this like uh, this Rotten Tomatoes type culture where you know some people that didn't like it trash it, and then it gets an overall bad review and like Rotten Tomatoes didn't like it because all the critics on Rotten Tomatoes hated it. And then yeah. the movie bombs and then people are like, you know, does Rotten Tomatoes have too much power? Well, we give them too much power. People give Rotten Tomatoes way too much credit. They dictate whenever people go see a movie at a theater. They dictate uh, what movies people watch on Netflix. Redbox. Redbox, things like that. I don't pay attention to them. Um, when you when you go up, when you buy a movie, Steve, like say you go into a store, right, and you see a, a movie jacket and it says Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh, does that mean a damn thing to you? Nothing. It might actually make me want to watch the movie less because I'm thinking this might be some fuckery. <laughs> yeah, because it, it sounds a lot like um, Rotten Tomatoes to me. Just I mean, and it may not be. It just seems like a lot. Of, it seems like capitalism. It just seems like they're trying to sell certain things and not sell other things. And uh, I'm not okay with that. I like to buy my own product. What I feel like I'm going to like, you know, I mean. Make your own opinion. Make your own opinion. That's that's a 90s thing, really, is we like what we like. I mean, TV movies were more popular in the 90s than they ever were. Uh, because people didn't need big budgeted movies to be entertained. They just needed fun movies. Right. And, and the thing is, it's like when you go to the, the next part and this just kind of, uh, to me, it's like, I think with comedy, cause it's the first comedy movie we've, we've went over. <laughs> right. Comedy is subjective, right? And not everybody responds to the same jokes all the time. That's why. You know, sometimes a comedy can find an audience and sometimes it can't. A lot of times they don't make a ton of movie. Or they don't make a ton of uh, money. You know, yeah, like Ted 1, the original Ted movie, made a pretty decent chunk of money uh, because it was it's a hilarious movie. I love both the Ted movies. Which you know? could be something of a future episode. Yeah, we I'm could sure. probably cover the Ted movies at some point uh, if we feel I like, like both of those movies. Hey, I don't even know if there's any hate for those, personally. Oh, I, I could probably find it. Give me some time on IMDb. Seth MacFarlane can take care of himself but right <laughs> we we love seth McFarlane. yeah we love seth uh, and uh that little teddy bear is adorable and i like mark mark Wahlberg as a comedian as a comical actor uh as an action guy as an action yeah. guy i just have a hard time buying him as a badass it's just that i guess because he will always be marky mark i guess yeah i guess <laughs> because i kind of grew up with him and i'm like you're funny you're extremely talented and i love you but he's a very funny dude but yeah do yeah. movies with will ferrell right <laughs> yeah 
Do all your movies with Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, okay, so here's where they get into, uh, like, the you know part of the humor in this. It says, the jokes, for the most part, produce silence more than anything. I laughed at maybe three of the joke and jokes and chuckled at a few others. Tenacious D is only for a certain audience, of which I am not. This movie lags in numerous places, and this is where the worst jokes appear. And let me say that when black and gas, uh, they put glass, it's gas. Not glass. This, this guy doesn't even know Kyle's last name. He uh, doesn't know his And let me, let me uh, just uh, make sure everyone knows this or not. This is not Judd Apatow. No. <laughs> the king of comedy, right? No, no. Okay, just making sure. He sounded like he knew a lot. Yeah. This, this guy apparently has, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if he's written anything. Yeah. So, uh, but it says, uh, all the jokes in this movie uh, is by and performed ten, by Tenacious D. That's really, sometimes That's people, verbatim. That's exactly that, that's what exactly, he says. That's exactly, I'm reading this as I go. Uh, many of the songs perfectly advanced the storyline by describing their adventures at the time of the film. However, I felt the song sounded too similar to be told apart. It's like I, I I don't know how you can confuse like Kickapoo with the uh, with the break in song, you know. I'm not quite sure if any song sounded exactly the same. The only way that they sound the same is because they're using acoustics. That's the only, it. Only thing that sounds the same is Jack Black's voice, but he right. is the singer. Yeah. Um, and it says uh, another problem with this film is the language will turn off a lot of people. There are a lot of four letter words in this film. There are also there some drug go. references. I would not recommend this for children. There's 106 times that they say fuck in this film. Right. That's a fact. That's why it has an R rating. <laughs> but it's a rated R comedy. I'm s- s- sorry they didn't say fudge or something lame like that, which would have been unbearable. <laughs> that's, that's the TV I mean, movie version. This this movie, and I'm going to go say this once, this movie is not directed by Kurt Cameron. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is not a... Uh, this is not a uh, super Christian film at all. I mean, they, they uh, if you're going this to, movie. If you think you're going to go watch this for cleanness and no drug use, then you're definitely at the wrong place. Right. This is Tenacious D. You really need to listen to their music or know basically anything about Jack Black to watch this movie. Right, and that's the thing. It's like you know, this is like one of the in like the long line of like you know, uh, I'll, I'll call them like loser stoner comedies, like the yeah. Cheech and Chong movies, and like Pineapple Express, and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. It's know? actually kind of funny. Do you know the first appearance of Tenacious D in movies? Oh, in a movie. Uh, oh, like as the D. Yeah. Besides their movie. Yes. They were in a movie. I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of it. Biodome. Biodome. Really? 1996 Biodome. Oh, shit. Tenacious D is in it. Wow. As a band. Right. Uh, which, that movie has Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. Uh, so, could Pick a Destiny be a sequel? <laughs> no, Biodome. it couldn't because they're already a band. So, it had to have been a prequel. Right. Because Tenacious D is in there. Yeah. It would have been cool if they would have involved Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin in this movie. <laughs> Just saying, that would have been a cool little tie-in to their to history. 1996. Yeah. Right, yeah, that would have been pretty cool, actually. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, at one point, like, when, you know, 
Jables is like he's hitchhiking or he's like he's like walking to try and get to the history music rock and roll museum. Right. And he like he starts like tripping balls on those mushrooms. Sasquatch. <laughs> the Sasquatch thing. Like when you watch it, you're like, I don't know how anybody could like really sit back and hate this movie. Because it's like, it, they understand that it's ridiculous. I mean, both Cage and Jables know that this is Their ridiculous. Their whole existence is ridiculous. Yeah. Have you ever seen the, the show on HBO? It is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like he when he's tripping on the mushrooms, he thinks he meets Sasquatch, which is actually a tree. Which and, is actually John C. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? That was the Sasquatch. Sasquatch was John I'm just gonna C. look Ryan. that up to see who the Sasquatch was. Uh, that makes so much more sense now. Um, and then he and then he believes that Sasquatch is his dad. Yeah. And, you know, and then he ends up. And then when you see him, you know, he thinks that he's. That's one of the funniest parts. He's on the tree and he's like. Yeah, he's, he thinks he's having the song on his back, and then they do the thing when they're in like the it was like the Strawberry River, yeah. and he's in like an actual river, like getting thrown around the river because he's getting all fucked up in the river, getting bounced around. That part is hilarious. That part is like hilarious as shit. Like you I don't know, understand how anybody could look at that and be like, "Oh, this movie's like dumb." It's like that's the whole point. It's meant to be dumb. If you don't laugh at that, you have no soul. Right? Yeah. Um, and, like, it, it says, uh, part of Tenacious D's shtick is that black is in your face and uh, Kyle <laughs> stays in the shadows for the most part. That's how they are in this movie, and it doesn't really work. Now, this may have been part of the act, but I felt that uh, Kyle just didn't want to be there. In one scene, he performs his background lyrics at a party, and he just can't work alone. That's kind of part of the joke, is that he, like, when, he, when they do this song, Dude, I totally miss you. Yeah, uh, he needs Jack, because Jack completes him. That's what it's showing is that Kyle can't be anything without Jack and Jack can't be anything without Kyle. They, they have to come together That's to make the, the world's tattoos. most awesome band. Yeah, they have the ass tattoos. Dio tells you this at the first of the movie. Pay attention. Right. And also, Colin Hanks is the guy that throws the cup and hits him in the head while he's leaving the sorority party. Oh, yeah. I thought he was familiar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um but uh, it, it says uh, we, we do get this movie is filled with completely lame jokes. What, what we do get is this movie is filled with completely lame jokes, lots of foul language, and a lackluster script. Uh, you also get horrible acting and unoriginal story. However, you get some pretty good songs, and that pretty, mu that pretty much sound the same. And, <laughs> and uh, you know... It, I don't think there's any horrible acting in this entire movie. No. If anything, this is exactly what you'd expect out of a Tenacious D movie. Yeah. I don't, I, like I said, I don't think there's any horrible acting anywhere in this movie. Yeah. I mean, even from like just like the guest appearances, like Stiller as the Guitar Center guy. He was he's amazing. Awesome. And then Robbins as like the weird creepy dude. That, great. Yeah. He, as we talked about earlier, he, he was great in this movie. For the, you know, what, 10 minutes that he's in it? And, uh, you know, and then, of course, Jack and Kyle, we, we know that they can act. Yeah, they're good. I mean, they've always been really good actors. I mean, Kyle really doesn't do much acting-wise besides the Tenacious D stuff. But Jack is, you know, definitely an amazing actor. And I think uh, one of the things is is that, like, Jack, he kind of, Well, Jack and Kyle, to a degree, kind of fall into that kind of... Uh, I call it like the Jim Belushi syndrome <laughs> where it's like a lovable fat guy that is like crazy and zany because Belushi had it and Chris Farley had it and uh, Jack Black has it 
like that thing of like I'm going to be like totally over the top and energetic. And Kevin James. Kevin James is kind of that way too, like an energetic, like lovable fat guy that loves to do slapstick. And like in this movie, like you know, Jack just makes a complete ass of himself. Like when he like falls on his guitar and he broke Monster Mash and he's all crying and he's got the football yeah, helmet on. I, I feel a lot <laughs> of it was also. I think a lot of it's inspired by Chris Farley. Yeah. So. You can imagine things, people got opportunities, especially overweight people got opportunities because of Chris Farley. Uh, yeah. Because it wasn't a big thing before, you know, uh, Belushi and Farley did it. It and really the, wasn't. And the godfather of all of that, I think, is, is Jim Belushi. Yeah, it's Jim Belushi. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, 100%. Because it was him, then Chris Farley, and then people like Jack Black, uh, which, you know, thrived because he's funny, but he can also be serious. Right. And Chris Farley was the same way. I mean, his movies were usually dramedies because there was never just, you know, because a lot of comedies just kind of discard human emotion a lot of times. Yeah, for the sake of the joke. Yeah, for the sake of the joke. But if you watch Tommy Boy or Black Sheep, or things like that. I mean, Chris Farley gets serious almost to tears a lot of times. So yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting because like when you look at some of these comments, it's uh, you know especially like this one right here, right? So I'll just jump into this one. This is uh, two thousand eight, uh, May eleven two thousand eight, and it's from uh, uh, it's, uh, W. Daryl. See? <laughs> we'll just call you Daryl. Okay. So Daryl, he's from the U.S., and he put a 1 out of 10, simply awful. Right? So his, his comment says, This film is a classic example of a star, Jack Black, thinking that whatever he does, the fans will embrace. I like Jack Black. He was great in The Jackal the first time I noticed him. He was great in uh, Shallow Hail and very entertaining in King Kong. He means Shallow How. Yeah, I guess. He put Shallow Hail. <laughs> I'm reading that verbatim, so like if I fuck up, like it's the person. Um, uh, he has made some other films that I personally did not like as much, uh, but were still good movies. This brings me to this film. What was he thinking? The movie is a disaster from start to finish. The plot is really non-existent. The singing is terrible. The characters are undeveloped, or underdeveloped, I guess is what he meant. The dialogue, uh, what there is of it, is right out of a bad nightmare. I'm sure there are people out there who consider the F word great dialogue. I don't have any problem with the word, but it's uh, but it is really good writing when it is used in uh, every. It's not really good writing when it is used every sentence at least once and sometimes multiple times. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. Right. <laughs> you suck as a writer. Uh, my rating for this movie is a zero. Well, actually, it's not because you gave it a one. Uh, even though it's uh, not learn even, numbers, <laughs> even though it's not even worth watching as a time filler until something else comes on, and it, it's like they use the the f word a lot in this movie, but like it's an adult comedy. Yeah, I, I when I watch it, I barely even notice it unless there's somebody like beside you in your ear, like, "Ooh, that's a bad word." It's like, "Ooh, grow the fuck up." Right. <laughs> uh, it's just, I mean, it's just a word. I mean, it'd be different. It's like, hey, we're going over, fuck. And we're going to go, oh, fuck. It's like if things don't make sense because of the cuss words, that's whenever it's a problem. Right. Quentin Tarantino, he writes in these words 
in his thing, among other words that are just as bad, and all of his stuff makes complete sense because his stuff are about is about criminals. This is about stoners. They're not going to have any type of cap on their language. Yeah, because it's not like, I mean, there's no kids in this movie. You don't take kids to this kind of a movie. You don't put it on for them. You know, like if you were going to put a movie on for your son, Steve, would you put on The Pick of Destiny? No. No, because like there's a lot a of stuff movie. in here he doesn't need to pick up. But like as grown adults, like this is the kind of stuff that you'll get. But it still doesn't cuss as much as a movie like Scarface. No. And there's some other ones like, I mean, you know, there's a lot of movies that have the N word in it like all the time. Yeah, completely. And, you know, I mean, a lot of them are Tarantino's movies since we're talking about Quentin. Quentin, I mean, he, <laughs> he goes in it because he, he likes to be raw and and relevant. And try, he tries to be as real as possible when it comes to things like racism and stuff like that. That's his thing. Right. And then in this comedy, they knew that they had to, you know, kind of make it a little bit gritty and a little bit different to... To appease their fans, because what they were making this movie for was people that love Tenacious D, the band. They weren't making it to be a movie for everyone. And it's definitely not for everyone. But even if you're not necessarily a fan of their music, you might just like that it's like a it's like a stoner comedy. Yeah, it is. I mean, because that's basically it's that's kind of what it's written to be. It's like two like idiot stoners that are like clueless but they think that they have this genius idea stoner comedies always come in twos also by the way if you ever notice it you know harold and kumar you got pineapple express with seth rogan and uh james franco right you know tenacious dj black Kyle gas if you cheech and chong it always comes in two that's how these things are written right and none of those people cuss any less than tenacious d did right and so, but this gets shit on because they just think that, like, they did it too much. It's like, a lot of times there's double standards in these movies that don't make sense. Well, it's just, uh, what miserable people are doing at the time. Do they feel like writing a review about something that they feel like they don't like or, or what? I mean, it, I do really feel like this just extremely negative people that just won't know feel better about themselves uh which very narcissistic right you know it's like look at me you hate this look at me i have a great point praise me right even though they might not even themselves believe in that point (laughs) it's yeah and i think what it is on here is that People when sometimes when they write this stuff, they think that like I'm, you know, everybody thinks that they're the greatest critic in the world, right? When they write these, and this one right here, uh, this is uh, what Dreamer Seventeen uh, from the U.S. and it's uh, this Creamer. is yeah, Creamer. <laughs> uh, this is uh, March two thousand seven, and it says amazingly bad. <laughs> That's exactly how it's written. Um, which they, the amazing Lee thing that he took is actually in the movie. So he liked that enough to take it. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, the power slide. Like, yeah. How was it? It's like amazing Lee bad. Right. Yeah. So he, he actually ripped it off immediately. Yeah. But it's bad. Okay, but this movie's so horrible. They hated it so much. They ended up uh, remembering one of the lines from the movie. It influences in his articles. It okay. is <laughs> a hate-filled rant about how much he hated the movie. 
So anyway, it says, perhaps the problem uh, uh, was in the advertising of this movie, but I expected a high-energy Jack Black comedy about how he started his band. That's exactly what it is. I think that was pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's none of it's real, but Tenacious D didn't want to do the true story. Because that would be boring. Because that would be boring, yeah, basically, because it's basically they met, they were instantly kind of best friends, and then they formed a band and they jammed out together. That's not a fun story. Yeah, that's just kind of like just how like any two people meet, you know. Uh, it said the commercial did not tell me there's going to be a long-winded, low-energy, boring movie that used awful language, crude gestures, and drugs while trying to get Satan's power. <laughs> By the way, movies about trying to get Satan's power are rarely funny or meaningful. Learning what learning that you can accomplish something great on your own is much funnier and momentous. I love Jack Black, but was so disappointed in this wannabe musical. Though they are talented musicians, the songs were stupid about anything uh, without anything catchy. Which, you know, if you paid attention, the movie actually is about them becoming good on their own and not needing the pick. Yeah, because when the, when the pick breaks in two, you know, then it was like, what are we going to do, you know, about the pick? And he was like, never mind, dude, I got this pick. And it's the one that Kyle threw at him. At the beginning of the movie, yeah, that's the real pick of destiny. Was the one that he threw at Jack. Yeah, when they became friends. And then so. when when uh, when Kyle comes back around, and I like the whole Clockwork Orange thing when they beat him up on the bench or whatever. Yeah, and he's like hiding behind the trash can and stuff. And then he, and and he then comes when, out. Yeah, y'all better. Yeah, run. you better they were run. Just, <laughs> they were just leaving after they beat the crap out of Jack. Yeah. And then he notices that he still had the guitar pick in his hand, and he was like, oh, man, this dude actually was like a real fan of mine. Yeah, that was the pick of destiny. (coughs) Uh, By the way, if you're stupid, that was the pick of destiny, not the devil's thing. Yeah. The devil's thing was just them trying to... (laughs) Well, the devil... Yeah, to get Dave Grohl in the movie, and they were trying to, you know, hint at, like, this is how tribute happened. They were trying to tie in their first CD, which a lot of people didn't understand. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is just a tribute. Um, but uh, it says, uh, uh, not one song stayed in my mind. I tried to enjoy this as a parody, but it just doesn't parody like enough. There were too many opportunities for funny jokes that started off good, but then just fell flat. You cannot compare this to Spinal Tap, which was very funny and consistent humor as a pure mockumentary. Really? Uh, the script was probably conceived and written while in a drug or alcohol based stupor. Nobody involved who was uh, and Spinal sober. Tap wasn't, by the way. Right, yeah. Uh, nobody involved who was sober had the guts to tell Jack Black that this movie was only funny to stoners or possibly some, but not all, Satanist teenagers. Now, is that really a demographic? <laughs> is there a demographic? Like, when Hollywood sits down, they're like, okay, so we have the 18 to 34 demographic, we have the stoner demographic, and we have got the Satanist kids. teenagers because they are abundant. Yeah, and then one guy's like, wait, the Satanist teenagers? <laughs> Is that an actual group of people that we're, <laughs> that we're trying to do? Which, by the way, by Satanists now as a religion don't actually worship Satan. They're, they're, they're basically atheists. And then there's another branch that are Satanists that call themselves something completely different now, which is very confusing, but that's, that's fact. What was the difference between, like, what this, like, the, uh, 
the stereotypical Satanism and Levian Satanism, which is right. founded from Anton Levay. Which that we're not getting really into that right now. We're not now. getting into Satanism. And we, we don't condone any of it at any form, so don't think that that's the thing. No, but we're just but, trying to explain that there's a difference between what this guy's talking about because he's trying to take this for serious. Dave Grohl playing Satan in this movie is done for laughs because it's about two guys that love like heavy metal and rock, but they play with acoustic guitars for God's and sake. And Dave Grohl, if you don't know who Dave Grohl is, uh, but he, he's <laughs> he's from the Foo Fighters, uh, but he's originally the drummer from Nirvana. Right. Uh, and he's one of the greatest musicians of you know our time. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's been in, on like every one of Tanisha's these albums. Yeah, he's good friends with them. They, you know, it's it's awesome that Dave Grohl's doing it, and you should be excited to see him on screen as Satan. Uh, so. But it, you know, it's it's interesting because it says on here uh, Jack Black should have hired a professional comedy writer and a sober editor. Well, see, the thing about it, the comedy writer was Jack Black, who is a comedy genius. He, he did a great job writing his own script. Right. And, the, the, you know, and for people that maybe want to think that, well, this movie was like kind of a flop or it didn't make as much money as Jack thought it was going to or whatever, it's like uh, Jack never really did this because he thought it was going to be like a cash grab. Like this is going to be a really interesting or like a really big way to make money. He did this because it was just something fun that he wanted to do, and it was another opportunity to work with Kyle. But they, they'd be able to do more in a movie format that they could do on their episodes with HBO. Right, and it's actually kind of a funny reference that was written into the movie, the scene in the halfway house cafe. Right, you know, the scene uh, where Amy Poehler's in. Yeah, as the waitress. That is then time uh, girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's actually literally the halfway point of the movie. Oh, really? <laughs> in the halfway cafe. Oh, okay. So it was actually pretty clever right yeah. there. So if Stanley Kubrick did it, you guys would be calling him a genius. Right. Jack Black does it and everybody just glosses yeah, over it. Yeah, they're like, this is stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, it... <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then it kind of goes on here. And oh, this is actually a lady. Dreamer 17's a lady because she talks about having a husband. Or it could be a gay dude, but I'm going to assume it's a lady. <laughs> we'll, we'll assume it's a lady, but yeah. we won't rule out the gayness. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, then it goes on to say, like, you know, I don't really have, like, a big thing with the F word because, you know, she says that her husband's Sicilian and he uses, you know, the F word as, like, a noun, verb, and adjective and all this kind of stuff. And it's like... It's like, but you spent time on the internet writing this up to talk about your husband. I like how she mentioned Sicilians. Right. I don't believe her now. Right. Because I feel like she's just taking something from True Romance. Because not all Sicilians just use F words. This seems like this was taken from True Romance. Right. The discussion between Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken. If you've never seen it, then... I can't help you. Yeah, go watch that movie. True Romance is awesome. <laughs> but written uh, written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Tony Scott. You can't get any better than that. Right. And so, um, and it says uh, uh, this uh, movie was so boring, so pointless. I couldn't believe Jack Black could be part of something so incredibly worthless. What <laughs> which brings me up to my final disappointment: the ending was totally lame. 
I will not detail it because I do not wish to include any spoilers. I will just say that this movie did not get better as it went on. It may have even gotten worse. Save your money and your time. This movie is not worth it. The only reason you wouldn't want to include spoilers is so other people could see the movie. Right. So apparently she wants other people to watch the movie to see the end, but she doesn't recommend it. Her entire outlook is invalid. Right. <laughs> she watched this movie from start to finish, and I don't know about you, if I watch a movie that I'm not interested in, I don't watch it for two hours, or an hour and a half, even. Right. Um, you know, usually after about 15, 20 minutes, if I'm not really into it, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do something else. If I'm like, you know, if I'm like on Netflix or something, and I'm like, eh, I watched like 10 minutes, it didn't really, it didn't really interest me at, the, at first, and especially uh, if it's something I don't really know that well, I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna pass this. Yeah, I mean, I have two modes. I have like and love when I watch when I watch movies and stuff because I don't hate anything because I'm not gonna allow myself to do that so I can be one of these people right. uh, that just thrive on hating, and that's just does not seem it doesn't help the world at all. But how can you say that the ending of this movie is lame? They have a rock off against Satan. Once he's like recombined with his tooth, right? And it's kind of funny that that, that uh, Paul F. Tompkins is actually uh, the devil. <laughs> he's actually Satan. Yeah. And when he gets the two pieces we'll see, yeah. of, the, of the pick, and then he like reforms back into Satan again, and then he, of course he transforms into Dave Grohl's version of Satan. Yeah, and, and it's amazing. You know, another type of movie that has this type of uh, rock off is Cutting Heads, is Crossroads with Ralph Macchio. And uh, Steve Ah, actually. So uh, that's a really good movie if you want to check that. I'm pretty sure most of you will hate it, but uh, it's a really good movie. People are, are miserable and will hate on anything. They will. Yeah. Joe Satriani and Steve Ah did pretty much all the music for uh, Crossroads, not the Britney Spears one, Ralph Macchio. But... Uh, and this one, okay, this is why I save this one for last. Okay, so this one, this uh, this is the uh, this is the last quote here, and this says uh, four out of ten. So we got another four out of Ooh, ten person. Good. Um, we're moving up. So <laughs> uh, this is from uh, March two thousand seven, and uh, the person's uh, username is King Dio from California. <laughs> King Dio. King Dio. Really? Yeah. So you watched a movie with Dio in it and didn't like it. How the fuck does that work? I don't know. But you know, but that was awesome seeing Dio in this. Does now that you know yeah. past Dio. On. Rest in peace, Dio. Rocked for a long, long time. Dio has rocked. <laughs> I mean, they even made a song about Dio, like in tribute yeah. to the guy. Like that's how much they love Dio. And uh, so. Uh, King Dio here. He says, uh, once again, we have a movie that packs about 20 minutes of entertainment, much of it involving the band's occasionally funny lyrics into a 90-minute package. For anyone old enough to remember, this is along the lines of the first Bill and Ted movie without the storyline. And I was like, really? So we're going to invoke the name of Bill and Ted here. Bill and Ted is just as... Both Bill and Ted's are just as ridiculous as this movie. Very. The it's like what's the stallions. plot? Of, what's the what's the plot of uh, Bill and Ted? Uh, time travel to get some people for their science project for their history project, yeah. right? Yeah, that's it. What's the what's the plot of this movie? 
it's a deep plot. They're trying to be the greatest. They're trying to pay the rent by being the greatest band of all time. Yeah. And how are they going to do it? They're going to get the Pick of Destiny. They're going to get the Pick of Destiny. Play the world's most awesome song. Yeah. Win that money and then pay their rent. And to pay the rent that Kyle Gass spent on getting JB a guitar because he believed in him, which was a great scene. Yeah. And that's the thing that it's like when you start invoking the name of like Bill and Ted and it's like Bill and Ted has a little bit of similarity to this movie because it's like it's like two lovable losers. It's also uh, it's always two guys. Two losers. Always two. Um, and always two there are like Sith, you know, <laughs> and uh, so uh, it's like two losers that are like obsessed with music, right? Because Bill and Ted wanted to have their own band, the Blind Stallions, and uh, and all that kind of stuff, and. And then they end up meeting Rufus, and you know he has him travel back in time. George and all stuff. fucking Carlin. Yeah, Rufus George Carlin, rest in peace. And uh, the, but it's like when you start talking about Bill and Ted's, it's like Bill and Ted's has a storyline. This movie has a storyline. If you don't think it does, and it was just nothing but like a, just a collection of them singing, then you're not really paying attention to the movie. And if you're not paying attention, we can't help you. Right, yeah. I mean, how much can we do with that? You probably uh, listen to this for five minutes and then cut it off. Right. It uh, it continues. If that doesn't say enough as to how brainless this movie is, think about Jack Black singing for about 20 minutes of the movie and that being its selling point. If you actually like listening to Tenacious D because of their musical prowess, then knock yourself out and buy the soundtrack. Don't waste your time with this, though. If you're a stoner looking for a good, bad movie filled with laughs, then you're still barking up the wrong tree. No matter the potency of your buds, you'll still be left wishing you'd popped in Grandma's Boy instead. Wow. Advocate for Grandma's Boy. So this makes me wonder, like, when you see stuff like this, it's like, did you do some promotional stuff on Grandma's Boy? Yeah. Because you're telling people on IMDb, don't waste your Uh, money on the Tenacious D movie. Watch Grandma's Boy. I like Grandma's Boy. You don't have to sell me on one or the other. I mean, I, I, I like both of them. Grandma's I mean, Boy is hilarious, too. It's not like, I can only watch one of these movies. Watch Grandma's Boy. <laughs> you know, probably won't even be my pick between the two. Uh, love Grandma's Boy. Nick Swartzen's character is my favorite in it. Yeah. Uh, but not the main character. Um, even the uh, the uh, the drug dealer guy. Like, he's actually pretty hilarious in yeah. the movie. So, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. And, uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I have to just disagree. I mean, Tenacious D, uh, great band, and this is a good movie. But uh, for people that are like, oh, just buy the soundtrack and don't watch the movie, it's like you're kind of missing the whole point. One of the, one of the funny parts about Tenacious D is like how ridiculous their scenarios are, right? Yeah. You know, like from like you know battling satan with like acoustic guitars you know it's like you know the but the thing is is like if you're going to say that something like bill and ted you enjoy way more and it's just as ridiculous as this movie it's like yet again double standards people have a tendency to like nitpick one movie that they really like and then something that they don't necessarily like they don't give it the same preferential treatment they they just trash it it's like there isn't a whole lot of difference between this and like the Bill and Ted movies. Uh, no, I mean, uh, Keanu or Cheech Reeves. and Chong, or yeah. Harold and Kumar. They're all ridiculous stoner comedies. It's the rule of two. Yeah, but you know, but to say like, oh yeah, you should have just like popped in Grandma's Boy. It's like, 
I mean, that's that's the stoner comedy too. But you're gonna trash on Tenacious D for what they did. It's like even if it's not your kind of comedy, it, you don't have to sit there and be like, okay, I'm gonna go on IMDb and type in all these comments about stuff that I hate. Is it's like at the end of the day. Who's reading that and is like, you know what? I'm really glad I didn't spend money on that movie. You'd be surprised. I mean, because for me, it's like when I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to like a movie or not, I don't immediately think, oh, I need to go to IMDb and see how much people like this movie. Do you? No, not at all. I mean, I'll watch it and then I uh, see what I think for myself. And then I I don't literally post anything about it. I just enjoy it. I might tell my friends. Hey, this movie was cool. Yeah. Uh, or you send a text like, hey, I just watched this one movie, uh, blah, 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 and it was really cool. Or normally it's something like, hey, you ever watch this? And they're like, uh, no, I heard it sucked, and I'm like, come over. Yeah. Uh, which I've, I've had to do because people listen to Rotten Tomatoes and uh, IMDb and places like that, and they're like, well, I heard that movie sucked, and I was like, come over here. Right. And then I'll watch the movie and be like, it doesn't suck. I yeah, it's actually yeah. really good. Surprise. Yeah. You see what happens whenever you actually watch something in a comfortable environment where there's like, hey, you need to hate this movie. No, you don't. You don't need to hate any movie. You right. might not need to watch every movie if it's not your thing, but you don't need to hate any movie. Uh, but that's uh, pretty much what we have. For uh, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. And this has been Beyond the Hate. Peace. Peace.